Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. This is exceptional. If we could have one of the two games come down to the last snap, we'll take that. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. How does both games coming down to the last snap try that one on for Son? The Rich Eisen Show. That's what happened. Earlier on the show, two-time Super Bowl champion and Greenlight podcast host, Chris Long. Coming up, Fox Sports college football analyst, Bruce Feldman. Plus, ESPN NFL insider, Adam Schefter. And now, it's Rich Oh, my Eisen. goodness. It's, it's just getting real. It's getting real. It's getting real for various reasons. One, it's hour two. <laughs> Nothing's more real than hour two, okay, uh, on our program, okay? I'm not saying one is fake. Hour one is real as well. But it's getting real. Uh, it's getting real because Bruce Feldman's in this hour, and he's a Fox Sports uh, college football friend of ours, been with, with us all season long. And can't wait to have him here with the national championship now set. Um, he writes for The Athletic, wrote this great article about uh, all these unnamed coaches that coached against Michigan that thought Alabama to a man was going to win. So when he comes in in 20 minutes, I want names. I want answers. I swear to God, I'm going to treat him like Colonel Jessup on the stand. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to be great. Is he aware of this? No, he's not. Okay. Well, he's listening. So. Is he really? I think he's Is he here yet? I think he's here. Oh, okay, great. Uh, I shouldn't have revealed my plan, my caper. I'm cult- I've been I'm like Maury the wig man. I've been cultivating this caper for about two days. Can't wait. Um, also, it's getting real. Week 18 is the NFL's uh, final regular season. It's getting real. It's, really it's getting real. And, you know, lots at stake. Who's in? Who's out? Who's up? Who's not? Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, who just had this conversation with Chris Long, he thinks that that defense is so poorly manned and so poorly stocked that it doesn't really matter. That he thinks the the Eagles could absolutely get one and done by the NFC South champs if they go and as the five seed, which we all expect them to, because even if they do beat the Giants like they did on Christmas week, by the hair of their chinny-chin-chins, skin of their teeth, if you will, that the Cowboys aren't going to lose the Washington Commanders, and that's the way that they're going to be the two seed. And so um, he he just said uh, many things that gives you pause about the Eagles' opportunity and chances and likeliness as repeating his NFC champs. Nick Sirianni says everyone had, they have a, an opportunity of everyone up, everyone healthy, slay back from knee surgery, Devontae Smith, who walked out 
hobbled out with crutches and a walking boot. He says, everybody has a chance to be up. And that they're not changing their approach. That he said that they let me get this exact quote from him from the NFL network. Desk awesomeness. Uh, quote, we don't change our process based off our results, said Nick Sirianni. And the question is who they're gonna who they're gonna play in the first round of the playoffs if they are the wild card, who's gonna win the NFC South? The Bucks have a winning in scenario. And when Chris Long was on the show prior to joining us, we we were chit-chatting. Todd Bowles said that Baker Mayfield wasn't part of the walkthrough today, and had they had a full-on practice, he wouldn't have been part of that either because of a rib injury he suffered in the loss to the Saints. Boy, did the Saints put the bang thing on the Bucks as they usually do. Bucks have a season finale in Carolina, win and in scenario. And um, this, is, uh, this is Baker Mayfield. Moments ago, talking about his availability for the game. I'll do everything I can to be out there, that's for sure. Uh, division on the line, playoff hopes on the line, going back to Carolina. Yeah, I'll do everything I can. And let me just explain. Mm. I know I'm a boy. <laughs> I know I'm a boy, Baker. For the radio audience, we're going about to replay that sound bite, so cue it up again, if you don't mind, Mr. Hoskins. There's a glint in his eye oh. when he says, go back to Carolina. Where, by the way, as you know, he went back for a shot. And um, David Tepper threw his figurative drink on Matt Rule. And then Steve Wilkes was there and P.J. Walker got chances that Baker thought, I imagine, he should have had. Because he's Baker freaking Mayfield. And it looks like uh, this guy wants to plant this flag right there in uh, the house of drinks being on the house. Check it out. I'll do everything I can to be out there. That's for sure. Uh, division on the line, playoff hopes on the line, going back to Carolina. Yeah, I'll do everything I can. See that glint? I it was did, in the right eye. It was I, in the right I eye. I only looked at his eyes during that sound bite. In the right eye? It, 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 it said something. It glinted. Yeah, it said something. He's playing. Four tutties. Book it. <laughs> Chris Long said he heard that Baker might not play and then wagered. Wait, uh, yes, wagered. That's, uh, that's on, the thing where he lives. Yeah. Yeah. On the Panthers. Uh, on the Panthers. Yeah. I don't know. Get Chris Long back on the Zoom. I might want to hedge. Boy, my boy's eyes were glinting. Might want to hedge on that, <laughs> Chris Long. And uh, again, I know I've been calling audibles all day off of our rundown. Get the uh, statement ready that we have ready, since I've already mentioned David Tepper, the owner of the uh, Carolina Panthers. Also, Rich, real quick, uh, Joe mm-hmm. Flacco will not play on Sunday. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Jeff Driscoll starting. Okay. Keep him healthy and upright. Yeah. That makes sense. Let me I just guess. hit this, if you don't mind. Part of my job is to speak truth to power. And the commissioner of the National Football League, when he was uh, the COO of the NFL, gave me the green light <laughs> prior to my job at NFL Network. He told me, Roger Goodell, I'll never forget, we were golfing. He took me golfing. God bless that man. That's nice. Well, anybody who takes me golfing has me at hello. Augusta? Well, I mean, they also had me under contract already. Oh, but yeah, the sure, bottom line yeah. is, sure. Yeah. Honestly, that's the first time I ever met Roger Goodell was when he invited me to go play golf after I got the job at NFL Network. I had just left ESPN, just got married to Suze. My goodness, my head was spinning. And I went playing. I remember where I was because I was in the deep in what felt like the deepest sand trap of my entire life, um, where I frequently am. 
So I'm I'm double triple bogeying my way through with one of my one of my future bosses and the future commissioner of the NFL, which I obviously had no idea at the time. And he basically said, you you know, if say what you what's on your mind and say what's in you know your gut. I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, if anybody ever says you shouldn't have said that, reach out to me. He kind of gave me that safety net because he said we hired you to do a job to go do your job, which I loved. So here it is. David Tepper threw a drink on a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. And that is obviously beyond the pale. I think uh, unacceptable behavior is what the the league called it, right? In their statement, in fining him $300,000. He put out a statement as part of this um, announcement that he's been fined three hundred grand, which I know is chump change to him. Here's a statement. Unacceptable conduct is what it's called. I'm deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday. I should have let NFL Stadium security handle any issues that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior. I don't know what the fan said. Could he have insulted a member of his family? Could he have, I mean, maybe that's what he means by NFL security. I don't know. But there's three words outside of all the, and I, I do need to go ahead and say, you know, we don't know what was said. But the league did find him for what's called unacceptable behavior. So obviously they didn't accept whatever they heard David Tepper said this fan did say. Because, you know, things are crazy in this world. And words come out of people's mouths that make them real tough when there's, you know, a wall and a suite in between them and the person that they're insulting. So I just want to put that out there. But again, I'm accepting that the league finds this unacceptable behavior And if that is the case, there's three words missing from that statement. And those words are, I am sorry. Regret behavior is not, and also the first words out of your mouth is how passionate you are about your team. Mm -hmm. The first three words of any statement that sounds like you mean it, start with the words, I am sorry. The rest of it comes across like word salad if there is a PR team that wrote this, FYI, that's a little RES consulting for you. I am sorry. So that's my statement on that. And we'll see if, uh, tune into game day morning on Sunday to see if I'm sitting there. Oh, please. Like I said, my rent's going up this month, so we need you. Thank you. Tony in Florida, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Tony? Tony. 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 Tony? What's up? Hey, Jay. Hey, uh, Rich. How are you, brother? What's going on? Good. Hey, listen. I'm just following. Listen, I'm a Del Tufo's podcast pro- uh, partner from Jersey. Calling back. Hey, hey. Tony. Tony, where is Mike? Do you know where Mike is? We, we don't seen know. Him. We haven't seen him. Literally, the weeks. guy sitting in his chair right now. You have no idea where he is, right? I have no idea. Okay, I do you know where he is, Tony? Where he is? But I seen him this year. Yeah, Tommy uh, Devito's house making cutlets with his mom. Hey, whoa! Well, then say hi to Tommy's mother for me. Send some to us. But I had I had three things that I wanted to kind of cover because my eyes don't lie and I know I see what I see. Okay. So I wanted to cover. One is I want Penix on the G-Men. Ooh. This guy throws dimes unlike Danny Dimes. Do I did there again? I did. You're turning I, phrases, I, I, Tony. I like, I like Long's review of him. I think he's got a lot of upside. And let me tell you something. That ball comes out of that kid's hands. And I know the cutlets are getting cold, but they're not stale. But we want we love Penix in uh, in G Men Blue. 
Okay. Uh, I got one more. I got two more. One is I think there could be two wild card winners coming to the Super Bowl this year. Bills, Browns, or Rams. Don't sleep on those Rams. Stafford, uh, you know, my G-men gave him a little agita last week, mm-hmm. but I think uh, I think the Rams are going to make some noise, and I think the Bills or Browns, it would not surprise me. I mean, you had Eli on before. You knew the magic that Eli had a couple of times. Yep. Okay, you got and one. And I got one more for you. I think you're going to be happy with this one. All right, Tony. i tell you what, Rodgers has a lot to prove next year. I think he balls out in 24, and guess what? He's a guest on Jimmy Kimmel. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Tony in Florida. I don't think that last part's happening, Tony. Doesn't seem like it. You got at this point. Thanks for the call, Tony. At this point, you got to wonder if Rogers is even going to be a guest on ESPN anymore. After that one, Mm -hmm. but that's for another day. Not our business. Uh, Penix. Let's talk about him. Um, Because he does throw a beautiful football. Yes, he does. Mm And um, and he's he's an interesting prospect. He's 24 years old, and I know it's kind of crazy to front load the um, conversation we're going to have from next Tuesday all the way through to the last Thursday of April. Yeah, it's gonna be a long <laughs> time, much. man. Wow. But why not? It's never too soon. Certainly, when Charles Davis, who's part of the NFL Network. Combine and draft coverage. He's sitting on the set all three days with me, or two nights and three days with me. Um, and he was a guest of Susie Schuster and Amy Trask on What the Football with Susie and Amy on Tuesday. It's available where all podcasts are acquired and also on our YouTube page. And Susie asked him about both quarterbacks going in the national championship game and their futures. Who's going to go higher in the draft, Michael Penix or J.J. McCarthy? I think Penix will as we sit here right now, Susie. But what we're sitting here saying right now, the run-up to the draft, it changes a lot. You know what it's like? It's like a fumble with a big pile of players, and we know the ball exchanges hands a couple of times. (laughs) What I've seen in the last few years is the rise of players. Let's keep it the quarterback position. Joe Burrow going into his senior year at LSU, had a day three grade on him from almost every scout I talked to. And I'll never forget his senior year. I went to New Orleans for a Saints game and talked to someone with the Saints that I've known very well, a high up. And he just casually said to me, yo, you seen the LSU kid play yet? He might be number one pick in the draft. I said, he's got a third day grade on it. He goes, Naeem Mori doesn't. There are a number of these quarterbacks that we're talking about that still have eligibility left, and they are all going to jockey with each other up until the day your name has to be in for the draft about do I stay or do I go? Charles, you are spot on on your observation that we need to let this play out. The draft isn't a science. There's no Enigma code. There's no Rosetta Stone. And what always astonished me during my years in the league, and I saw this firsthand within our organization, with our scouting department, with our coaches, is how they can be persuaded by grades they read on reports from people they're not working with. Let's let all this play out. As we sit here now, I would say Penix. When you go back, they weren't supposed to beat Oregon either time. How about last night against Texas? He was huge in that game. McCarthy from Michigan is a little bit of a sleeper because Michigan runs the heck out of the football, and he's not throwing it 45 times a game. That shouldn't be held against him. Let's find out what McCarthy brings to the table. 
leadership, game management, big throws at big times. The fourth and two on their own 30. Yeah. He executed it like, oh, yeah, this is just a, a practice play, which tells me about the confidence of the young man, that he's in the moment and he's he's not going to be deterred. That was a big one. Mm-hmm. So great conversation. Check it all out on what the football and look, uh, Penix is 24. McCarthy's 22. These are two guys that are out there that where do you, you you're you're mocking it up these days, right? What do you got? I'm mocking it up. It's all over the place. I've seen McCarthy higher than Penix. I've seen both guys in the second round. I've seen McCarthy as high as 11 overall. I've, overall, I've seen Penix late first round. Who's 11th overall? Who's who's on that? Who would take uh, him? I've seen Penix to the uh, excuse me, McCarthy to the Raiders. The Raiders. I've seen. Yeah. But wow! Also, Him is take a a Raider. Thought got McCarthy at forty-two to the Raiders. So. That's what I mean. I, I, they're kind of all over the place. As, as is Jim Harbaugh the coach there in in, well, in Las Vegas? Yeah, that's what you're saying. I, I think that's on the table. I don't think so. I don't think it's one thing I'll ask Schefter later on. I, I think that's Antonio Pierce's gig. Seems like Mark Davis has money to spend. Uh, I I hear you. Yeah, but those players seem like they are fighting for. Honestly, Antonio I would be Pierce. shocked if Pierce is the Raiders coach. I don't know about that. Uh, I think the players there have uh, given their clear, communicated clearly who they want the coach there. The players are the owners. I don't understand that. I get it. I get it. But the last time the players said you should hire this guy, and they went ahead and they hired McDaniel's instead, and here we are again. Look, but but Penix, Penix is a they, yeah. I know they, they they did didn't keep him. Seemed like the players wanted him. The Packers are about to take his special teams to the playoffs potentially. But I mean, you know, Penix also has that left-handed throwing motion that everybody, when they Lefties flip the screen, or... uh, honestly, when I, I've seen this on Twitter, when they, they you do this with Tua, too, flip Tua. you just flip him around to make yeah. it look right-handed, and you're like, damn, he can sling it. And left-hander, it's like, oh, he throws a pretty ball. It's kind of weird but don't, and stupid. Wouldn't you agree that Penix looks better throwing than Tua does? Tua throws a beautiful, th- a beautiful <laughs> but it ball, looks Chris. looks like it. he struggles. It looks like it's painful for him to throw. Whereas Penix is so smooth and effortless. That ball jumps out of his hand. 24. Where the Giants are, I don't think the Giants are going to take him. That's very high. And, Fifth overall is right. very that, high. That, not there, but maybe second round if he's sitting there. Maybe. Come back in the late first, kind of what the Ravens did for Lamar back in the day. And then later on, um, right we, we'll talk about um, the top of the draft and who's sitting there. Jonathan Gannon has made it known what the Cardinals are going to do at the position. Well, and that's coming up still to come. But when we come back right here on the Rich Eisen show, I want answers. I need names. Bruce Feldman has them. I want the truth. There you You go. You can't handle the truth. That's it. (laughs) That's right. So I'm Tom Cruise and Bruce Feldman is going to be Colonel Jessup. He's the Jack Nicholson who knows what are the names the coaches said Michigan couldn't beat Alabama. Give them to me. I need them. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O 
O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Back here on our Roku channel, radio audience about to return. First of two times I say hello to you, Bruce Feldman. Good to see you, sir. Great to see you. Happy uh, New Year. Happy New Year to you. Um, so, by the way, he spent the entire commercial break stunned <laughs> that I might not be going to the national championship. Right? Bruce, game. I'm with you. Stunned. Me too. I'm explaining how I'm, I like Rich, doing I get it, but it's your team in the national championship. It doesn't come around all that often. You're, you're, like, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I, because I know how much... You are ingrained, Michigan yes. football is ingrained into you. That is correct. It's the idea that you wouldn't go to this game? Well, I mean, it's in Houston. I've, it's the day, I've, honestly, I'd have to fly, I'd have to do. It's I, in Houston, not Reykjavik. Them. I mean, it's like not that hard to get to. <laughs> Houston, <laughs> but I, I, I just took a week. I, I have a, I have a, a yeah, sense of duty to this program and my and my partners to physically be here. Maybe a day after. I, I don't know if I could get back here in time for you the show the next Zoom, day. You have technology. That that thing that's an L shape over by your phone. Yes, um, is my computer. that could probably get connected. I want you to go. I don't know how you always complain. Like I can't believe TJ, you're not going to go see the Cowboys. How yeah, because you? it's a drive from Rich, your house to you SoFi. Are a Michigan man, there. You mean there ain't no Michigan man planes flying from here to to All Houston right. and back? Like, come on, you can get there. You guys are really laying it on thick. You need because we know. That I also you want to regret go this <laughs> for the rest of my days. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. You have to go to that game, Rich. The rest of my days. We have Sue. Susie can sit in. We'll be fine. No, and, I know and, that. You know, Honestly, she would probably because she doesn't want to hear you go. Oh, I should have gone. You know, like the rest of your life. Well, actually, if she you gave her the choice you. of like, would you rather hear oh, I should have gone, or would do you want to do the show? She'd kick my ass out of the house. So it's a win-win. It's you a win-win. Go, Rich. All right, guys. I'll I think like Brady will fly you back on the jet. Hey. Back on the Rich Eisen Show radio network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Bruce Feldman here from Fox Sports and The Athletic on the Rich Eisen Show and his usual Wednesday spot. Um, the college football playoff committee Monday night. Had the happiest of New Year's, pretty much. Man, they the gave last two amazing games. games two right? amazing games. Yeah, it was. I tried we, to boy, did we chop that subject matter up. Yeah, and at the end bit. of the day, the, the the two games were so compelling, and there was so much drama. And I think, you know, look, I think there's a lot of fans out there who are looking at it, going, "Okay, we didn't have, we don't have an SEC team in this." title game and that's probably refreshing to them now i'm sure a lot of them are sick of michigan already but <laughs> but i think people are also 
really embracing Washington, Kalen DeBoer, Michael Penix Jr. I mean, there's some great stories there. Mm -hmm. And so, and they're fun to watch. I think you have a styles make fight kind of game where you have just a traditional, true Big Ten brutish team mm -hmm. and you have a really dynamic, you know, again, they were of the same era, but it was like, you know, when you were younger, you know, seeing like, I think Warren Moon play in a Rose Bowl. And it was like, this is a Pac-10 Pac team against the Big Ten team. And it feels kind of similar, except now that they've had one more big step to get to, to get to this game. It's funny you say Warren Moon, he was in a row behind me at the Rose Bowl. And he was wearing his Washington Huskies gear to the game. And I'm like, yeah, we almost played each other today here mm. in the Rose Bowl, which would have been obviously as, fit as fitting as it gets of the last true Rose Bowl game between a Big Ten team and a, and a, a Pac-10 slash 12 team. Or maybe it's the Big but Ten title game for next that's year. That's what it is now. It's going to be, it's, it's a conference. As a matter of fact, Michigan goes to Washington next year. Yeah. They, had te they have Texas at home at Washington next year. So either way, however that game wound up, it was going to be a rematch in next year's mm -hmm. regular season. Well, these will be dramatically different teams by then. Right, right? of course. So, but... Um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be it's such a compelling, like the storylines for this game going in are really fascinating. All right. Um, and before we dig into those, normally I would just transition into that because I am curious as to what you, you feel about that, Bruce Feldman. But you wrote a compelling piece prior to the game uh, that uh, you had a handful of coaches that coached against Michigan. And all of them, to a man, said Alabama was going to win this game. I, I want names from you right now. I need I names, names from you right now, and I demand I demand the truth. <laughs> I want give it. you names. I will say this: I, I ended up. I want answers, though. Your Michigan brethren, yes, sir, devoted and loyal as they are, yes. they definitely made their made their voices heard on that. I heard, you know, I actually met a bunch of folks, some in the media, some around the media. Yes. you know, while in Pasadena, it was good, um, and I think you know a lot of people are like, hey, what are those coaches saying now? Well, I actually talked to a bunch of those coaches. Again, to see. Oh, what you have. I you have. have revisited the conversation. I have revisited the with conversation. people whose names rhyme with Miano. <laughs> Who would that be? Um, no. um, Schmay? Schmay? Franklin? Franklin. Yeah. Is a great name. Yeah. The. He's just going to still go because you're a professional. I'm sorry. So you revisited these conversations. Yes. And look, there's a couple things that shine through. Now, what was interesting for me was the skepticism was okay. Which J.J. McCarthy are we getting here? The J.J. McCarthy who looked great in the beginning of the year when the competition wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. um, or the J.J. McCarthy that honestly was playing hobbled from the Penn State game on. And also the schedule got harder. I mean, they played really good defenses down the stretch. And I think absolutely what, what one of the things that Michigan folks took issue with was like, no one's giving us credit for anything. And... You know, there were a few of those coaches pointed out, well, oh, wait a minute, this is the same time the Connor Stallion stuff came to light. Yeah, All of a sudden, the reason you know, why they didn't give credit for anything is because they were discrediting everything. That is true. That's the that opposite is, that of is credit true. for anything is discrediting everything. Yes. And so I'd ask some of the players and coaches, I was uh -huh. like, what now? You yeah. know, because at okay. this point now. By the way, this is where I would have popcorn and I'd start eating it. So no, what did they I, say? I, what, what did the, what did the what did these coaches say? No, I think there is respect for them now. <gasps> I think there absolutely is. I think okay. one thing that to me was came through because it wasn't just the Michigan story that was this. So I did four of these stories where I talked to coaches who played them. The next day was the Alabama one, 
and people, it wasn't all SEC coaches, because some of the coaches came from non-conference games they played, but there seemed to be a lot more respect, there was a lot more respect for Alabama than there was for Michigan. And, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the show, I think some of that is because of the undertow in the Big Ten of the animosity towards Michigan, especially towards Jim Harbaugh, as opposed to there's a lot more respect. And look, Nick Saban's won a lot of national titles. And on top of this, Michigan, the last two times in the playoff, they were not getting the benefit of the doubt either. Let's let's not throw that away. I mean, they got whipped by Georgia. Now, it wasn't J.J. was a quarterback. It was Cade, Cade McNamara. And then mm-hmm. last year, they stubbed their toe against a TCU team that they should have beaten, right? And so I think they had that going in. What I thought, and look, again, I'm going to toot my own horn on this because I got enough, you know. You said Michigan. I said Michigan was going to win in the preseason. I said they were going to win the national title. And I said it that they were going to beat Alabama. What I came back to was something I, you know, this is not as good as the secondary was of Alabama. And it's, it's, it's elite. The front guys are not what they typically have. There's no Quinn and Williams there. There was, it just wasn't the same level of guys. And that's what Michigan was going to be dealing with. It's not like, you know, the two great corners and Caleb Downs were going up against Michael Penix who were going to throw it all over the yard. They, Michigan wanted it to be a street fight. And I think they matched up actually really well against Alabama. And if you did it, you know, like, is was Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards as good this year as they were last year? Statistically, no, they weren't. And the coaches thought they were just, you know, they're coming both coming off injuries. They didn't look the same. The Roman Wilson was the best they had, but it wasn't like they were looking at Washington's receivers or even Texas receivers. But to me, I think a lot of people saw Alabama beat Georgia. They didn't see Alabama almost lose to a bad Auburn team. And so I think they had that in their heads. And so one of the things I asked a bunch of the coaches both Monday night and yesterday morning Mm -hmm. was, you know, how much do you think it was Michigan or Alabama got overrated or overestimated because it's Alabama, whereas Michigan has been undervalued because it's Michigan. And almost to a man, they all said that's probably true. And because this team has so much experience and so much toughness, that can can cover up a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. And you saw that. They, you know... They were not good in special teams the other night. Oh, my God. I mean, which that is almost why, cost them the game. Which is why I was thrilled for overtime, because you removed the punt game from overtime. Yeah. There in was college a football, for whatever reason, they decided to do that. For, for a sport that says, let's stop for three and a half minutes every six minutes because we want to take money hand over fist from Dr. Pepper and everybody else in Allstate and Prudential – but but when it comes time to finishing this game, let's let's move it along. We we can't just go up and down the field for 10, 15 minutes and keep punting in the game. We gotta we gotta shorten it. Like it it makes no sense to me. But that's for another day. Bruce Feldman here on the Rich Eisen Show. I want to dig in deeper to the psyche of these individuals who are now seeing the light okay. that I have been talking about with you this entire time, fully understanding. What Connor Stallions was doing is against the rules and all that. Uh, and I understand I am shorthanding the cheating. Okay? I get it. But the entire time I'm seeing teams that, that, that Michigan got overrun by, Ohio State and Alabama, which is, by the way, they played in a bowl game a few years ago. They smoked Michigan. Yeah. They, couldn't, they couldn't stay in the field at the same time against them. Uh, a Michigan team that, uh, that night against Georgia – 
Um, you could just see him warming up. You could just see on the hoof, to use a scouting phrase. They didn't have the horses to go against them. This now is a team that out physical Alabama. Understand yep. that it was a down year. You want to put it whatever you want to say, down year. But it doesn't matter. This so is the king of the SEC. This they the beat Georgia. Okay, this correct. And, and they out physicaled this team with a deep roster and deep players and the coaching. What Sharon Moore did getting deep in his bag, that first touchdown drive against Alabama, I I I, I turned around to Joel Klatt, and I'll I'll say this, you know, this is not giving anything away that Joel wouldn't want to have said, because I turned around to Joel Klatt, who was sitting behind me. Who's seen more Michigan football in person than that guy? Yeah, no media person. Else, <laughs> right, right, pretty much. Yeah. And I'm like, when, when they threw that touchdown pass to Blake Corham and snuck him out, right, for the touchdown pass, um, Which a play we've now seen a lot in the NFL, by the way. Correct, <laughs> but, right? But but I I hadn't seen Corum do that all year. They, I mean, they he was deep in his bag. They were breaking every tendency that they had, and that drive that they had to have because the botched punt, you know, muffed punt led to a touchdown it for did, Alabama. Yeah. So what I'm this is a long winded setup for saying. So we're now these folks who are like, oh, they were cheating. I think I see where you're going. They're, no, no, they're saying, oh, well, they were cheating. They're now like, oh. They can coach. And they were like, oh, they were cheating. Oh, they're really deep and can play physical football and smart football and timely football in big moments. Oh, Jim Harbaugh actually did hire the right staff after all. Is this where we're at right now? Are we finally we're finally we're arrived Because you picked the other side of it, which is fine. Like, I thought Jesse Minter did a, that's a defensive I mean, coordinator, well. I mean, did a terrific sure. job. They got... So to me, the biggest X factor, and it's a quarterback, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but like the one big weapon Alabama had, because I think if you match it up, and I wouldn't like totally pick a game based on this way, but if you said, okay, who has the better running backs? To me, definitely Michigan. Who has the better receivers? If I'm including tight ends, I would say Michigan. Now it's not a huge edge, but I would say uh-huh. it's still Michigan. I think Michigan has the better offensive line, even without their best offensive lineman, Zach Center, who right. obviously couldn't play. But... I thought the way they attacked Jalen Milrow and Jesse Minner, what he did, you know, and I talked to him after the game, he was like, we want to play fast. We're going to come after we send five. We send six. The first six times Jalen Milrow dropped back to pass. They sacked him four times. I think that set a tone for them and they should have been up probably 14 to three at half. Because they, they were not. Because they, they were stubborn their toe like they did against TCU. And that made me feel like, oh, well, God, maybe this isn't our day again. That's- yeah. And I think it was special teams. You had a, you had a missed field goal. You had a missed PAT. Um, you had two muffed punts, one that almost damn cost them at the end of the game for safety. The one at the end of the game, by the way, uh, my old buddy Dave Anderson, a former slot receiver in the NFL, yeah. had a really interesting. If somebody wants to look for, find him on social media, he talked to me. He was a former punt returner. Talked about why that is such a hard situation that they put Jake Thaw. That was the hands team return guy yes. out there. Where it's like I would, he'll he'll do it better justice than me. But explaining why after you hear it, you're like, yeah, why did they put him back there mm-hmm. at that moment? Given he hadn't been out on the field for like four hours, right? No, so. I, and I understand that. So I'm glad that you know some of these uh, naysayers uh, were, are are seeing the light. Um, and then just one last uh, point of fact that I I need to have cleared up: um, Is it true that the former Michigan assistant that Alabama hired is no longer on their staff? right now did they tell did they tell him we're done i don't know if he's done there i, I heard I he's done no i don't know if he's done there okay but we'll oh, see so just stick him around because I'm, I'm sure maybe you know he can go coach for washington it's a few <laughs> it's a couple more days left here um you know I, honestly I'm, I'm 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 i have the scars of the last several 
you know, weeks uh, and the fact that people thought it's got to be the cheating. Are we done with that now? Or because there, there, there were cheaters that were that trended, right? You told me this, Chris, the word cheaters trended on Monday night. Sure did. Okay. Are we, are we done with it? Are we done with it? Because I'm seeing lower third, you know, you know what, Rich, topic I, bars like, you know, is there still an asterisk? Are we done with it after this? Yes or, and what? no. Okay. We're done with it from this standpoint. I think anybody who is being realistic at this point, because I, I get this. I see, a, you know, you tweet out story like, you know, I talked to players were fired up as they should have been after the game. You know, Chris Jenkins, Trevor Keegan, um, you know, Kenneth Grant, a bunch of them, all of them, you know, really, you know, strong quotes coming off the field in the post game. And the players to me, like, and a lot of the not Michigan fans were pushing back, you know, with the, what else are you going to say? They're poking at them as cheaters and whatnot. And um, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's the players. And the players had, as far as I can, you know, nothing involved in that. You know, you could argue that they had benefited from the insight, yes. but it was like, that isn't the players who did anything. At the end of the day, the players win the games or lose the game. Right. And I think at this point going forward, you know, they beat Ohio State. They made the right plays. They certainly beat, obviously, Iowa. But then they beat Alabama, no matter what. And you want to say, you mentioned the former Michigan assistant, George Hilo, who went back, you know, yeah. he broke in and coaching with Alabama. But like whatever you want to say, fair and square, whatever, it's like, okay, they just beat the best team in the SEC, the SEC champs. They beat them and it was like nothing fluky about it or whatever. They held Alabama, went back and looked to 288 yards. It was the fewest yards Alabama's put up in a game in seven years, right? So good on the players, good on just, you know, that staff. Um, I think on that regard, if you're being honest, yeah. like this is the game. It's like them against Washington, right? You know, they beat teams without Jim Harbaugh down the stretch who were the best teams they played. And then when Harbaugh came back, you know, they beat those teams who were you know, having to prepare for him. The only reason why I would say it's not done is because the NCAA will still oh. have some form of justice, you know, on the back end of it, you oh. know. But are we done about it? You know, we, on the field stuff, I think we should be done talking about it. Like, because I think that's a disservice now to the Michigan players. Uh, certainly, since an Alabama player says at a, a podium, you know, hey, yeah, they won't let us watch film on an iPad, and everyone goes but running off and says, yeah. of course, everyone runs off. It must be Michigan. They're afraid of Michigan. Michigan must have hacked their app. And Michigan hasn't been on the same damn that was app a for weeks. Yeah, that was. And that, so, but you're seeing, you're seeing headlines, you're seeing stories written, and it must be a Michigan cheating thing, and it is not. And I can't wait to see the same. I feel like Michael Irvin. Same intensity same to the energy. media. Yeah. Do not lose the same intensity. I want to see exactly what the hell's going on with this app, even though they say that it hasn't been hacked. I want to know what's going on, who's behind it, and I want to know the names of 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 the people who handed a fully baked investigation to the NCAA that let them run with it. I want that name. Well, and you're I, not done with it. I, I'm not done with it for the moment, but okay. but 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 I'm breathing. And I'm excited for Monday. So before I let you go, you said there's storylines. How do you see the Monday night matchup between Washington and Michigan playing out? You know, I think the biggest challenge is as good as the the interior defensive line of Texas was and people raved about them, mm -hmm. they had no sacks. They Now, Michael Penix did a really good job evading some pressure when he did. They couldn't get to him. He's amazing. He is amazing. And, you know, I saw you play the, you know, the, the, video, the audio with, with Charles and... and 
um, earlier about his pro draft process. He's going to be a really fascinating subject for the NFL, not just because of the injury history from a lot of levels on this. They have three elite receivers. Now, they're running back. Dylan Johnson got hurt at the end of the game. We'll yeah, see what kind of— Yeah, why were they kneeling the football, man? They handed it off. Conversation and... for another day. Okay. So— but I just think the question's going to be, can Michigan get to them? Because they got to, you know, they got to Milrow. Now, Alabama was more, their offensive line is not as buttoned up as what, what Washington is. That's a really underrated group. They don't get, I mean, they won the Joe Moore Award, but they don't get enough credit nationally because mm-hmm. people talk about Penix, which they should. People talk about the three-star receivers, which they should. But the offensive line is really good. I think this is such a fun battle because... Both teams, these are the two most mentally tough teams in college football. Not coincidentally that they're playing for the title. Love it. Because Kalen DeBoer is super cool and he's authentic and like he has great poise and presence and the players respond to it. Mm -hmm. They've been through a lot. They win every close game. Michigan's team has all this adversity and they're just like, you can't knock them off. They just, they wobble and they keep going. And so... You know, I picked Michigan to win the national title. I'm not going to back off at that at this point. I will be interested to see how they slow down Michael Penix Jr. Because, like, in a lot of ways, they have a good secondary, Michigan does. Like, one of the coaches I talked to, you know, about this yesterday said they have, they're elite at all three levels that... Texas wasn't. Texas was elite up front, mm-hmm. but they were they on the back end. They were exposed. Now, one other thing that that this person pointed out was like you can run on Washington. Texas averaged like six yards a carry, but they had two fumbles, and that cost them, or else they probably win the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think Michigan's offense will will have a pretty big day. What I just wonder is, you know, how like, do you slow down? How Phoenix? do you slow down? He's so good, man. He's so good, and you know, obviously, there's a history. He, he beat them at Alabama, and, and yeah, that was Indiana. a long time ago. He has much ago. better receivers now. This I'm is like, a God, way different a Michigan team. I know that it's yeah. a different Michigan team. I get it, but I mean, it's not like he's never seen the winged helmets on the other side of the line of scrimmage before, which has to count too. No, he's playing with you know an insane I mean? amount of confidence, big time, and you know, like. He's just, I did a story on him the other day and he was very candid with me about like how low he was coming out, you know, at Indiana because he'd been injured four times. And, you know, some of the things he had talked to me about, it was like, at one point he said he was he scared and of getting hurt again. And, mm. you know, the thought of quitting in his head popped in his head and he wow. wouldn't give up because he's got two younger brothers and wanted to, you know, the game means too much to have him to him, but he was really rattled. And I think what is going to be fascinating with him going forward is the NFL, it's all twisted up in knots with like, you know, how they're doing the evaluation process. His film is remarkable. His film was remarkable. And this guy has also faced real adversity and come flying through it. A lot of times college quarterbacks, they haven't faced real adversity. Yeah, and then when they hit them, yeah. they wilt in the NFL. This guy's actually faced it and, and come out of it even stronger. Um, I think he's, you know, again, I won't say this, wouldn't say this to you, but I think he's a guy that when people read yeah, and you learn about him, him of course you, you would definitely root well, for course. Michael Penix Jr. Um, there's no doubt about it. You yes. know, obviously for three and a half or four hours, depending on how many TV yeah. timeouts. You know, uh, and, and so one last quick question. Do you, what does he do with his head in that, in in you know when he doesn't look at field goals or he he sticks his head in that uh, what is that is that 
where you put the equipment. The equipment. Yeah. You, you, right. It's like yeah. equipment sort of shed. Do you know what he does? I will in ask like, him. That, I will ask him on Saturday. Is he honestly? I'm like wondering when he sticks his head in what there. What is going through his? Yeah. What is he? Is he praying? Is he? Is he talking? I would imagine himself? he would be praying. That's or some what I'm kind thinking. Positive thought. Uh, it's just. Uh, it's. Well, sure if there was a phone in there. I don't, I, I, oh yeah. Is he uh, honestly? Is he speaking to his coordinator or something? I, is there air at that moment? I don't know. I don't know. He's it's a just, really, really deep guy. Yeah. Just like, you know, when I went up to Seattle this off season and spent time with him, it was a conversation that kind of blew my mind because I just didn't expect him to, like, he's really connected emotionally and he is a deep guy and he has a great bond with Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator. They have a they have a special thing there because remember, like as bad as Michigan was, you know, when they had a two-win two season in the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, this team was four and eight before Kalen DeBoer showed up and Michael Penix Jr. showed yeah. up. It's like, it's such a, such a cool story. Um you know, I I can't wait to get to Houston. It's going to be a lot of fun, no doubt about it. And obviously, this is going to be a Big Ten matchup from now on, which is kind of crazy. And you know, um, thanks for coming on. Really yeah, appreciate book the it. tickets. You should go. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> He's the angel on my shoulder. That's uh, that's uh, Bruce Feldman right here on the Rich Eyes. He didn't give me names. He didn't give me names at all. Okay, very good. He ain't no so, snitch. There's one rhyme with Moxley. <laughs> I don't know. We'll keep asking these questions. Schmerentz? <laughs> Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Herm Edwards on October 30th, 2002, after a week eight loss to the Cleveland Browns. Here is play to win the game as told by Victor Newman. This is great about sports. This is what's the greatest thing about sports is you play to win. Hello? You play to win the damn game, right? You don't play just to play it. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, get your ass out of here, then retire. Cause it matters. Well done, that's number one. Next up, on October 16th, 2006, after the Cardinals blew a 20-point lead against the Bears on Monday Night Football. Oh, man. Dennis Green, they are who we thought they oh. were, as, as portrayed by Victor Newman. Bears are who we thought they were, you know? 
That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the damn hook. Very good. Very well done. All right, last one for you. I can feel it. (laughs) I can feel it. I'm glad that we got it rolling, because here's the last one. I can feel it. On May 7th, 2002, the famed practice press conference of one Allen Iverson, as recounted by the man who plays Victor Newman, Eric Braden. Hit it. I mean, listen, man. You're talking about practice, okay? Not a game. Not a game. Not a game, all right? Not the game that I go out there and die for and play every game like it's my last. I know it's important. Yeah, I do, I do, I do. I honestly do. But we're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice. We're talking about practice, man. Still applauding. <laughs> game time tickets. We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk about game time tickets. A frustrating ticket buying experience in in this world is very simple to encounter. I used to have them, not anymore. Because you don't need to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event with game time. Sports, music, comedy, theater events near you, all on the app. Last minute killer deals, all in prices, view from your seat, best price guarantee, all on the app. Game time flat out takes the guesswork out of buying tickets that you can buy in seconds with two simple taps. Download the game time app, create an account. Here's another great part about it. Use my code rich, $20 off your first purchase. Boom, as they say. Do you even have that drop? Get it ready for the next time I say it, Jay. Boom! Thank you. Restrictions apply. Visit GameTime.co for terms. Again, create an account and redeem the code R-I-C-H, $20 off. Boom! Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. We even bring production value to the GameTime tickets. I mean, what more yeah, could I they do, want? I do, I do, I honestly do. Thank you very much. I do, I do. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Game time. Wow. They got to appreciate that, right? Just the difference when someone is sitting next to me paying attention. <laughs> so let me ask you this question, Chris. Because, again, I'm, I'm used to this whole everybody hates my team and they might win it all despite all that thing. And you're very well versed in that. Oh, well, I mean, okay. since our show started, the yeah. Super Bowl has just basically been the New England Patriot Invitational. Pretty oh much. Uh, you know but I mean? not, but, you know, not, not last couple of years, but still. Yeah. That, that said, that's the first five so, years exactly. of our show. Exactly. So, so I think he's establishing, yeah. again, what it's like to feel that way and then just wearing it. Just wearing it, bathing in it, like it's like a cologne. Like you're dousing yourself. You break the cologne over your head, and you and you can't, and and you smell it from across the room, and he doesn't care. Okay, so 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 I'm asking, in that what what do I do with? Because again, I'm used to, I'm just getting used to this for the first time Uh as a Michigan uh Wolverine guy. What what if the rest of the world also loves the the team that's trying to to beat you? Because Michael Penix Jr. is one to root for. Kalen DeBoer is one to root for. Yeah, even Purple. People love Purple. We, we're on Roku. We love Purple. Oh, I mean, my, my, for every single time I, I see Purple, I Great think call. it's the Roku channel. You know, let me, let me get the mic flag perfect, perfectly call. for this one. You know what I mean? Like, everyone loves Purple and yeah. white and gray and all that. I feel like I'm wearing this is Washington colors right here. The Roku channel mic flag. I'm wearing a nice oh, gray, fantastic gray sweater. Need some dark gold. You know what I mean? Like people uh, love Joel McHale. Yeah, you That's know what true. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, Mina Kimes went to Washington. Yeah. So, what do I do with that? 
Oh, you step on their hearts. Yeah, oh, no, oh, yeah, no okay. one cares. No one cares. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. You punch babies. You, you, no. kick, you, throw, you throw puppies into the coal. No, you don't. Yeah, of course, man. You, you embrace the villain role. Yeah, you kick Baxter off root, that bridge. You root for the bad guys in what movies. If, what if then the, the person that you then <laughs> ask... Don't punt Baxter. What do you do if the person you're now asking that advice of, because he's so well-versed in that, is somebody who roots against you also? As opposed well, here's to actually, the, here's the problem, as actually here's the problem. understanding my situation no. and actually bonding with me over it. What Here, do I do over here's that? Here's the problem where you and I differ. because What you, is it? You're trying to deflect the cheating like it didn't matter. You got to embrace all of it. You're not embracing all of it. You're embracing like 38% of it. You so what's em- the other 62% of it? Just be like, yeah, we cheated. You guys should cheat better. You know what I mean? I see. That's where we got to. Yeah, now, like the good, like good fellas. You, now I got to turn my back gotta, on him. I can't do like, it. You got to be like, yeah, Connor Stallions was at the Rose Bowl. He was probably texting someone on the sideline, uh, Alabama signals. You know what I mean? You got to embrace all of it. Yeah. Or you could be like you're me. Going, you're like dipping your toe in. You don't even, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, now yeah. I gotta turn my back. Like, yeah, See, thank you. Is, is now cool. I gotta turn my back on him. We're the big bad guys now. I get what you. You gotta you know be mean? like us, like this team here. Cowboys versus uh, everybody. People would Look rather this team lose than their team win. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so it, at some point you just don't care. I don't yeah. care about what huh. any other team is doing, yeah. but everyone yeah. cares all about the way us. In. So all you know what? I've got five more days to soak this in. All you're going way. to that game, by the way. Oh yeah, you're going to the you game. You have to. By the way, we're coming with you. I, I got even, nothing to do on you Monday. Know what? I don't even care if I go. It's not about me. I'll be here for the show. You need to be at this game, or you will regret it, man. So. I just I, I I need to soak this in. I'm not I'm not yeah. I'm not all the way there yet. We'll go all the way. You and Tom Brady way. will be on the jet together. It'll be great. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, now I'm all in. With the maze the TV, M on the side. Air TV12. I'm in. Come on. Go do Adam that. Adam Schefter's about to join us too. He can fly too. He'll be working the whole flight. But he's coming know. from Connecticut. He'll have like 14 phones. He'll just be yeah. like like a pulp. <laughs> well, dude, shift. he's going to be in the middle of coaches being fired season. Like this yeah. is literally. His Super Bowl. Any CPAs <laughs> tax season on steroids. Are you kidding me? CPA tax. Seriously. Yeah. Information men and women Sunday into next Tuesday will kiss their families goodbye yeah, and say, you know, slip the meals under the door. Yeah. You know? So uh, that's why I want to get Adam in now. What do we think? So the Panthers have an opening, right? Raiders have an opening. The Chargers. And the Chargers, right. So who? And, how many else? How many more uh, other Okay, teams? well, the Chargers, guys, Kellen Moore is going to be their coach. Okay, this guy. I'm Absolute, telling you. No that's chance. not happening. No chance. No way. You'll see. No chance. By the way, I'm fine with that because everybody, everybody, everybody in my Michigan thinks world thinks, thinks this coming. is where he's coming. Yeah. I'm just saying. This is where he's coming. And the other place that really scares the hell out of everybody is Chicago, and it seems like Eberflus right. is not good. Well, he's doing a hell of a job, by the way. And Max Crosby wants Antonio Pierce. So, so there you go. Yeah. So it's again that would shock me, but I don't know where else, wherever else there is, Washington. Because Jim's going to be expensive, Jinx. and he's going to Jim will be expensive, Maybe and will Patriots. want to run the entire show. Yeah, right. So who somebody's got to open their wallets and their front offices for him. <laughs> Great shot for Schefter going to break. Great shot. <laughs>